listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs and everything Houston Rockets, presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. With me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on all social media platforms at JP underscore Mirabueno at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM, how's your night going? Well, first I was going to ask how your night was going, but you've just been complaining and and bitching and moaning about about our group boarding, about the fact that that your boy snuck in, got a little ace-ky, a little ace-ky on the boarding groups. We're going to New York, by the way, guys. Bachelor party! Yes, we are going to New York. And yes, Kenny and I checked in at the same time, and our boy got A, and well, I got B. The fuck, man. The fuck. The salt is real. He's trying to, and I told him too. I was like, because he asked me, what, what did you, what boarding group did you get? This was like, what, like one or two o'clock. I was like, oh, I got a, he was like, what'd you do differently? I was like, I didn't do, do anything differently. I just, just fucking, <laughs> just yeah, no, fucking I didn't, did it. I didn't do anything. Like I was just, I, as soon as the clock struck 1245, I uh, opened the app, checked in really quickly and then I got B and I was like, what the fuck, man? Oh well, it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. It's cool. Excited to go to NYC. We'll be there for quite a bit. It'll be fun. A uh, fun bachelor party for a good friend of ours. We're gonna certainly enjoy ourselves. And you know, since uh, All Star break's happening, we don't have to focus on Rockets basketball. Sigh. I, I think like, well, we're about to drop to. 13 and 45 are recording here on the I think a, I think it, I think it already happened. So 13 and so 13 and 45. Yeah, 13 and 45. So this is just a hell a hell season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like of all, of all things, I'm so happy that we're actually getting into All-Star break and just getting well first of all just this break away from the Rockets. I think that's very necessary, but look, first of all, I wanted to go straight into this. It needs to be talked about. What's become front and center stage? It seems like every week, GM, there's just something new. I'll, I'll say this about the Rockets. They're, they definitely know how to keep things interesting when you're 13 and 45. Because they always seem to find headlines. And uh, not for any good reasons. GM, this might be the the worst season I've ever experienced as a Rocket fan in terms of news. Just constant news. Like, you can refer to the early 90s mm-hmm. when Hakeem complained of his injury, right? But that's one piece of news. You know what I mean? There's always these these bits of news. The year that T Mac, you know, kept kept saying he was out and he only wanted to play ten minutes, and or he was only allowed to play ten minutes. That was one piece of news. I've never had a single solitary season where there was news after news after news. The John Wall, you know, the John Wall stuff. Beginning of the season, uh, you know, there was just so much happening, so much. Coach Silas, there's so much underlying stories here. And just when I thought, like, okay, these stories are going to slow down, it's all-star break. Fuck me. No. No. No, Houston Rockets decided, hell no, we're not going to give you no break. F that. We're not going to give you a break at all. What is a break? No. 
Nothing, apparently. So, I want to give every take everybody up to speed right here. Let's jump right into it. Jabari Smith has made headlines uh, over a, a recent article from a Jonathan Fagan. And I do want to give a, a shout-out uh, to, obviously, Ali Khan Bajani. He was able to get some snippets of the article itself. And really, I'm going to give my opinion on this, but I want to get the GM's opinion first and foremost, obviously. Steven Silas was quoted on this article from... Oh, no, no, this isn't... I'm sorry, I take it back. This was not a Jonathan Fagan article. This was a... I think it's Kelly Eco. No, it wasn't a Kelly Eco. It was a uh, Spears? Spears? Uh, Mark Spears? It was a Mark Spears article. It was on a Mark the Athletic, Sp- correct? No, it was on another one on website. He doesn't work for the Athletic anymore. I don't remember. I don't remember what it is exactly, but... Stephen Silas on Jabari Smith is quoted as saying, He is young and trying to find his way. Jabari has a grit and toughness and tries defensively. And he has and he's not given much at all. I don't run any plays for Jabari. GM, before I decide to jump off a cliff with my news and how I feel about it, I want to ask you your opinion first and foremost. You've been the guy like, look, you've been critical on Jabari, but not in a bad way, not in a way where I want to sock you right in the face. You've all, but you've been, you were always a Paolo Bancaro guy. Mm-hmm. You jumped on the Jabari train because Jabari became a rocket with the number three overall pick. Be real with me. Be real with, with our fans. Be real with Rockets fans and our listeners here. What's been your overall opinion of Jabari? And then second question, how do you feel about Steven Silas publicly stating how he's not involved in the offense? Well, Jabari, in my opinion, isn't at fault. Uh He's the youngest person, one of the youngest people in the NBA, obviously the youngest person in our team, and expectations in terms of production for him, it's a lot to ask for someone who's barely 20 years old, and there's a lot of expectations on this team from fans because they don't want to be the worst team in the league three years in a row, and there's just so many things that are going on with this team including what's happening with Jabari, to where there's just cracks in the foundation, man. And the thing about that is that Jabari is just a part of the problem, like in terms of like what's happening. It's not his fault, but the man isn't put in any position to succeed uh, offensively. With Steven Silas saying, basically stating that uh, Jabari doesn't have any plays ran for him is mind-blowing. Publicly, yeah, publicly, publicly stating I, that, and I mean to to put it into perspective, like last year, like it didn't really seem like Jalen Green was getting any plays ran for him either. I think Silas has a thing where it's like when you're a rookie, this is how it's going to be, this is how we're going to run things, and you just have to learn, and nothing is given to you. Um, obviously, next year we'll see how it goes, barring whether Stephen Silas is with us or not. Jabari's production will more than likely probably improve next year. Um, but, I mean, obviously a player of his caliber, he's a third overall pick. And the fact that he shot so well in college and to see his struggles now, there's a multitude of things, you know. It's the first time he's playing an 82-game season, for one. He's playing on a team that essentially does not have a point guard. Love Kevin Porter Jr., but he doesn't have a point guard to really help him run things in terms of a what helps Jabari succeed? The quote is, unquote true point guard. Yeah, he is getting yeah. good shots. Let's not uh, let's not uh, get it twisted. He's getting good shots. He's just not hitting, and it happens. Uh, Jabari's probably not not getting any rhythm either in terms of touching the ball, getting a chance to be involved offensively. I mean, as someone that is a 
that plays in rhythm. I'm not a professional, but uh, if you do play basketball with me, you know that I'm a person that probably wants to at least touch the ball a little bit, whether or not I'm shooting it. It's all a story. It's but a touch. I, it's but a touch. I have and to, touches that, are very that, important. It's, it's all about player, rhythm. Yeah. And as a player that depends on outside shooting, I have to be in a rhythm. It's very hard uh, to just take a shot after not touching the ball for five, six, seven minutes. And sometimes I feel like that way. It's, it's that way for Jabari. Um, but in the Sil- Silas thing, it's very damning considering uh, – what what's going on with the team like it's just horrible i mean today's wednesday the rockets lost to oklahoma city thunder i didn't even check the final score but i think it was like 40 points i believe maybe 50 points i'm not too sure but it was just a horrible horrible loss um i don't even want to get into it but the fact that let's let's get into the quote can like jabari smith jr said that he had promises from orlando and oklahoma city which kind of takes away like Everyone oh, thinking man. that Chet Imagine was the guy. Feel, right? And that, that's why Jabari Terrible. didn't work out with the Rockets. Uh, he probably had no vested interest in this team. But he got passed up by both teams that promised him uh, to be drafted. Such bullshit in my yeah, opinion, it, it's, too. It's, that's such you know, bullshit. It, it, it's a part of the NBA. It's a part of in the draft where it's like you're given promises here and there. I've, you've heard it time and time and time again where teams uh, promise things to players that will be drafted to prospects and eventually you know they pass on them and these players have feelings and unfortunately maybe this is something that Jabari is recovering from in terms of confidence so there's just a lot of things that are going on and poor Jabari man um we have expectations for him and unfortunately he hasn't lived up to those expectations but the fact that we do see his effort out on the court he's still putting in the effort especially defensively despite the fact he's not hitting any shots yeah uh is a true testament to who he is as a player that's why i do believe that he will be successful i mean we can hear people rag on him on twitter time and time and time again i'm not a jabari guy but i do believe in his work ethic and i do believe in the kind of person and player that he is and I do believe that he does have a future in this league, whether it is um, as a second option or third option or a fourth option. He is the third overall pick. It does come with certain expectations. But, you know, at the age of 20, we kind of have to kind of tamper him just a little bit and look at the big picture, the macro side, and remember that this team is not very good. Um We've always talked about it time and time again. We'll see how right. Stone changes it up in the offseason. Um, but we'll see how this team looks next year. But at this point in time, we just got to tough it out uh, and hopefully get in the Scoot Wemby stakes. The <laughs> – oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to gather my words here to where it's proper. GM- yeah, let's, hear it. let's hear it, man. Well, let's you've made it. a lot of good – points first of all thank like, you shoosh yeah that's a shoot <laughs> you like that I... thank you you're welcome <laughs> but okay i want to first and foremost just publicly state it i want to put it out there if anyone is going to push a jabari agenda it's going to be me right everyone knows this everyone knows that this is who i am jabari's my son I'm fully invested in the man. If the ship rises and floats and travels its complete journey, then fantastic. If it decides to take a nosedive Titanic style, rest in peace, then I will go down with the ship, right? 
I don't want to sugarcoat this for anybody that's listening. Jabari Smith is having one of the worst seasons of a top three pick ever. Absolutely. It's unfortunate. Statistically speaking, everybody, this is one of the worst seasons ever for a rookie from the third overall pick. And that is saying something. Because there have been a lot of, you know, number three overall picks that have not hit. There have been a lot of number three overall picks that didn't succeed. You know, there's there's so much to be said in terms of how Jabari has been playing. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. Like, he's, he's struggling. He's not playing well at all. The shot, is, first of all, the jump shot looks way too mechanical. It looks way too robotic. There's something about it that's off. There's a there's like a little half second hitch that I can't even put my finger on. It's almost like on the release point. The shot looks flat out of his hands. There's definitely something wrong there. You know, you can attest it to the fact that the college three point line is just a smidge closer than a NBA three point line. So maybe he had to adjust that. That might be part of the reason why. Um but i want everyone to kind of understand where where it means to be where this guy is let's date it back to what the gm said in terms of the promise let's start there he was promised that he was going to be taken number one overall by the orlando magic then number two overall by the okc thunder getting passed by one and two imagine how hard that is for your ego as a man to be promised like you're going to be taking number one overall you know you're going to be taking two, number two overall you are going to be a top two nba pick you've been highly touted that way articles are written about you you know you're the consensus you he ended up as the days got closer he ended up being almost the consensus number one like got pretty close to it mm-hmm. a lot of people on the draft board had jabari number one so imagine how that does for your ego number one number two you fast forward He's not the first option on the Rockets. He's not the second option. He ain't the third option. And on a good night, he's the fourth option. On a bad night, he's a fifth, maybe even a sixth option behind a KJ Martin. Maybe even a Tari Eason. Imagine how that does for your ego. Especially for the type of player that Jabari is who's trying to be a good teammate. This is where the positives start to kick in for me personally. Despite his shooting struggles, his shooting woes, his lack of handles, his awareness from time to time on the offensive side of the ball, this is where it kind of differentiates with me. He never loses engagement in the game. He never loses engagement in the game. He never sulks. He never whines. He never complains. Anytime Jalen does well, guys, pay attention. Watch. Anytime Jalen does something big, there's one person that gets to him first. It's Jabari every time. He's pounding him on the chest. He's screaming in his face. He's trying to pump up Jalen. And Jabari's like freaking 0 of 7 from 3. And he's still pumping up his teammate. His his star teammate. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds like a pretty damn good teammate to me. Who's staying engaged in the game despite of the fact that he's averaging, what, 20% from three? Less than 20% from three in the last, like, what, 10, 15 games? He can't be nearly as bad as Pella Bancaro has Pella been Bancaro since has been. February 1st. Oh, my God. He's shooting God. 3.7% from three. <laughs> yes, my bank. <laughs> that's since February 1st. It's my Bancaro boat people. All aboard. Choo-choo. Like, I'm just saying, like. I want to keep it real with everybody so they can at least understand. I am not absolving anything of what he's doing. It's been a horrible season for him. Like, I'm not sugarcoating it. One thing I'm going to say is that uh, with Jabari is that, I don't know if you mentioned it, but how he holds himself accountable. 
He always holds himself accountable. Never blames others. Yes, he's always about, I could have done better defensively. I should have hit that shot. I should have put myself in a better position to help my team. And that's a very mature thing about him. I get it. You know, this team is very young and everybody feels like it's their team. Granted, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Alperin Shangun. But Jabari Smith, to me, looks like a leader. Regardless if he's the most talented player on the floor, he is someone that, as the years go on, you will see that he is a true professional due to his early maturity. And what we've seen thus far is that we, it, it, despite his, his, what is it, his shortcomings this season, it hasn't allowed him to put his head down. You know, and he's granted he's still young. He still yaps at his teammates. He still argues. We've seen it with Jalen and Jabari, uh, Jabari and Shingun. You know, we've seen it. Um, regardless of whether it's any of their faults, each individual's fault, it doesn't matter. I love seeing the fire, um, and you don't really see that very much. It's from, from a rookie. Yes, from a rookie. From a rookie, especially. And, you know, he holds himself to a high standard. That's why he's so hard on himself, and that's respectable. Um, People can shit on him all they want, but the maturity is something that he possesses that not many players on this team have. Well, first of all, the GM with a face turn. I fully expected a, a heel moment. I, I was expecting you to fully shit on him. I'm like really genuinely shocked and happy that you decided to to keep a, keep a babyface promo. So I, I can appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. The, see, the thing is, is that what Jabari, what will help Jabari down the road least for me is is that his ability one engagement to stay in the game like we were just discussing the ability to stay mentally in the game despite the fact that you don't hit a jump shot this is where a lot of players in today's nba it's become a disease almost for today's nba players then when you don't shoot the ball well it starts to take away from every other facet of your game which is which is true that's true i mean that's certainly you know what i mean like you happens. can say that young yeah. players i'm not i'm not I'm not hate. I'm not gonna hate on like the Steph Curry's of the world, the LeBrons of the world. That older generation, this current generation, has a tendency that if they're not scoring the ball well, they tend to like kind of get down on themselves. Mm-hmm. Jabari is someone who never puts his head down. He's just constant. Like he gets frustrated. Of course, he's gonna get frustrated. But the whole thing is that, you know, I I truly believe that when him and Jalen. You know, the fact that they argue from time to time. The fact that he f- argues with Alp. Why do you think he al- argues with Jalen? Or he ar- ar- argues with Alp? Those are the best players on the team. You don't see him arguing with... You don't see him arguing or causing trouble with, you know, any of the other lower-level guys. Like, no, no offense. But, like, he's doing this because of the fact that he knows that these are the guys. Mm-hmm. These are my these are my brothers that I'm probably going to be with for the next four to five years. He does not sure he's, you know, the rest of these guys are going to be on the team still. Yeah. He's trying to build that chemistry. And I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And he never separates himself from the game itself. He stays attached at all times. He tries as hard as he can. But at the end of the day, like people were, people were like making fun of him because he, he he was playing well, and then he airballed a bunch of threes. Imagine guard. Well, who, who were they playing? They were playing. Um, I don't remember. Who they were playing. Was it the Miami Heat? Was it? A yes, it was game? a Miami Heat was game. Yeah, Miami and then it was Miami Heat game, and he was guarding Jimmy Buckets. Imagine okay. gu- imagine guarding someone like physical, like a Jimmy Buckets for four quarters. He started missing shots down the down the stretch. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Jabari can be in the best shape as he's ever been. It's still not the NBA. He's still going to be out of shape to a degree. Yeah. I mean, it's the it, first season. It, it, that's, that's, it's very you know normal. I mean? Like, remember when we saw year one to year two Jalen. Even Jalen, like, how much muscle he built and all that he is still learning uh, based on the youth and the size. So, 
it's going to take time. It's a time um, thing. And I love how people are 50, what were we in? We're 13 and 45, so we're about almost 60 games into the season of, of, of season one. Rookie season of Jabari, and people are already saying, I don't think this, this guy is going to start next year. Like, legit. Like uh, legit, it, it, it's 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 a fair thought considering what they've seen. It's a little it it, it you it considers. I know. Well, 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 well how can you consider of that? Foresight. Um, you know. Like, well, I just don't. I don't see it personally. Well, you, I mean, unless, you don't. You don't. They, you don't bench they, your best defensive unless player. Unless they decide that they're going to go with Jay Sean at the four, which makes no sense. But, it makes zero sense. You um, bench your best defensive you know, player with like, length. He has to start. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, He's I, a three and D guy. You know unless, unless I'm saying. they're considering Tari at the four. It's not smart. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you start a guy with a motor that can come off the bench and immediately, you know, run up and down the court? Which yeah. would that would be someone that would come off the I bench? I just, I just the think size that, athleticism. That they're probably thinking about it in terms of just NBA two K type of lineups, not like realistically speaking. Well, that's just stupid in my um, opinion. That's stupid. I respect it. That's a stupid I mean, way to think. I'm sorry. I, I, I think that it's not NBA two K. Yeah. No, I agree. NBA is um, built but, on guys like Jabari nowadays. You know, people can only see what they see in front of them, right? Uh, there's all they can see is body of work. Recency bias is truly a thing. We've seen it throughout Twitter time and time and time again. People were probably singing the praises of Mikhail Bridges tonight. The guy shot a career high in Brooklyn, 45 points. Um, he could be, you know, this could be something where people are like, oh my gosh, he's the next uh, James Harden in terms of production. You know well, I, I want. Mean? I was a big. Mikhel yeah, you've Bridges always been. Stand. A big Even Mikhel before Jabari became a rocket, I wanted Mikael Bridges. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I is wanted fair. us to do what we could to get yeah, him. I'm just, I'm I think just he'd fit really well with our team. Yeah, yeah. Next, I'm to, just, next to Jabari. Choose. I'm just kidding. He's starting. <laughs> wow. He's starting next to Jabari. First of all, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ignore that you said that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm surrounded by children here. This is ridiculous. Sorry, producer, get him out of here. I'm I, so tired I, I, of this. I couldn't help myself. So tired. I, of I this. just, I could not help myself. <laughs> I couldn't know. sell it. I'm sorry. I couldn't sell it for you. I couldn't pop. It was a no sell. I, could, I had a no, no sell. sell. It's okay. It's I fair. sell everything for you. Okay, but let's, to wrap this up in a bow, I just, you know, I we recognize Jabari's failures. Like I want everyone to understand that and know that, even though like we're not harping and talking about it as much on the show. Um, I want everyone to kind of understand that, yes, I, for one, I recognize Jabari's faults. Like, he has not lived up to the potential of the number three overall pick. I also think on the flip side, people and fans are just too hard on him. Recency bias has killed. Like, it really, really has. And you're bagging on him on year one on a, on a on an NBA team, on the worst NBA team you know, on the worst NBA team today, one of the worst Rockets teams in in their franchise's history, with a head coach who's made questionable calls and decisions, with no true point guard, and not even being a fourth option on the team, who barely gets touches, who doesn't even get plays ran. Oh my God, I didn't even mention that part. He doesn't even get plays ran for him. Steven, si- like Steven Silas, what are you doing? I'm sorry. What are you doing? He openly says, dude. <clears throat> He runs plays for Garrison Matthews. He yeah, ran which plays, is, which is Jim. He ran plays for Garrison Matthews. Garrison Matthews. What are we even doing? Here? No, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm serious. How do you run plays for Garrison Matthews and not Jabari Smith? What is Stephen Silas doing? I'm I don't done, know, man. I'm done. I mean, I'm officially the, done. The, the guy just—he crossed the line with me when he didn't 
run plays for Jabari. I'm sorry. Openly saying it. First of all, it's a dumb decision. Openly saying it. Maybe Steven Silas wants. Maybe he. Maybe at some point he. Maybe he's trying to trigger something. Maybe, maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe I mean you know he he. Because that's he, really he, blatant. It seems like he's the one that's always just trying to like hold down the rookies and humble them. Um, I don't know if it's working, but all we see is disaster on the floor and the product that we. What's see we the don't. worst thing that can happen at this point of the season? You're already one of the worst Rockets team, like incarnations oh, of no. Rockets. Jalen's probably not going to play in Rising Stars because he hurt his groin or hamstring. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. The man can't be showcased alongside Scoot Henderson. <sighs> well, you never know. Maybe, maybe it's not as bad. Maybe it's not severe. Maybe he just takes a couple days and he'll be ready to go on Saturday. Just, we'll see. We'll see. You just never know. Or oh, is it Friday? Rising Stars is Friday. It's huh? Friday. So that's t- that's two days. <laughs> He's probably not playing. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And we'll transition to that. I want to get to that in just a second. But I do want to wrap up this whole Jabari the Jabari Smith debacle in a in a bow before we move on. The fact that Steven Silas doesn't want to play, doesn't want to run plays for him, is more than I- I've seen enough. I've seen enough from that mindset. And I want to dig I want to dig into that uh towards the end and I want to transition into what you had just said. Um look, bottom line we got blown out. Got blown out by 30. It's it was a horrible game overall, but the biggest news obviously is Jalen Green getting hurt in the second quarter. Uh hurt his hamstring or groin. Do we have confirmation on the injury, Justin? Um I can go take a look. Um I'm not too sure. It just it, it to, in my opinion just based on the footage, it looked like a groin injury. Looked like a non-contact injury Absolutely. too. Absolutely. It, it looked a little, like a which it, is always scary. Yes. And that's not something that you want. Well, explain the first of all, can, explain the mechanics of a non-contact injury for people who kind of don't who may not understand it. Well, I mean, it it's it just what happens is basically like you trying to do a normal thing like a normal movement, like pivoting, turning, right? And if you don't plant your feet correctly a certain way, um, certain muscles may will fire normally, but with the misjudgment of like a plane of where it's like one thing is awkward, like per se, um, you plant your foot down and you bend your knee just a tad bit earlier than normal, it can, you know... A torn ACL can happen, you know, if it's like a shaky plane. Um, so I don't know exactly when it pertains to the groin, but it just did not look very good. Um, based on my my thoughts is just that anything that's non-contact is something that's not very good. It is a groin strain. The Rockets updated it an hour ago. So it is confirmed by the Rockets a groin strain. That's what I thought. Um, the way it looked like when he when he had pivoted and turned left to try to get that steal, it just, I don't know what had happened. I guess the way that his leg pivoted and it kind of triggered that muscle and that muscle just fired and was like, yo man, this ain't it. This ain't it, man. And it was like flaring and you could see the immediate discomfort in Jalen's face. Um, I believe he has hurt that groin before. I'm not too sure, but this is a very unfortunate injury, man. We're already having a hard enough time finding scoring uh Jalen had such a big game I think last week I believe um but overall man this is just I mean it's just not looking good this isn't good it's a disaster and Jalen Green just getting hurt is kind of the it's the it's the it's the shit cherry it's the shit cherry on the shit Sunday that is the rocket season it's something look he's gonna he's gonna get hurt over all-star break and 
that's good in a it the only positive you could take from it is that at least there's all-star break so you have about that week in between before they start getting uh ramping up and getting ready for practices and ultimately going back to playing for the rest of the season there's still 20 24 games left to play in the nba season so there's still time for jalen green to i guess if he wants to get back unless it's super severe then you just shut him down for the rest of the season which i would hate to happen i would love to see him get these reps but I mean, Jalen Green, at the end of the day, you know, people have, you know, he's been so up, he's been so down, and and Craig Ackerman said it best, and I think Jalen's next step is to find consistency in his game. He's so, he's so, um, he's so hit or miss, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so tough to watch sometimes because there's times where he's just on fire. Like, there's times where you're like, okay, that's the number two overall pick. Yeah, it just, it looks That's so like the next and... great shooting guard. There's nights where he's just 0 for 10, you know, 1 for 12. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, Jalen, like, come on. Like, you got to f- find some level of consistency. I mean, he's still averaging 21, you know, almost 22 points a game. Yeah. It's incredible the way he scores, but... I think that next level in his game to find mm-hmm. that bit of consistency will definitely, you know, it could make him an all-star next year if mm-hmm. he can find that level of consistency and average maybe 24 to 25 a game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that in terms of desiring consistency from Jalen has a lot to do in part with his, where he takes his shots, how he takes his shots, right? The one thing that's yeah, missing the shot from selection. his game, the shot selection. Um, and the one thing that's missing from his game is a go-to move and something where he can hit at a high percentage, like Chris Paul's mid-range shot, Kevin Durant's mid-range shot. We need Jalen Green to kind of find James that Harden's little step back. Yeah, that that little nudge in his offense where he can go to when nothing is working to get himself back into. He's rhythm. baiting calls now, though. <clears throat> yes, he's baiting he's, calls now. His which uh, is free good. throw, his free throw numbers have gone up. They've gone up for sure. That's definitely um, a positive development. I think the last game he shot six of twenty-one from the field, but he, sh- right. he hit like fourteen of sixteen or fourteen of seventeen from the free throw line, which is good for Jalen, um, despite the fact that it was a blowout. But um, what I'm saying is just more so kind of like he's just he he doesn't have that go-to move yet. But I think once he finds that signature move in his game that allows him to. Su- succeed on the offensive end to where he can kind of just go to something where people just cannot guard it that's when we will start to see Jalen Green unlocked and that's just something that's missing from his game thus far um, I don't know if that's something that this team has looked into in terms of helping Jalen but every star has a, a shot that they can hit no matter what and I think that's what's missing from Jalen's game thus far. Yeah, and I think also what doesn't help is when you don't have talented shooters surrounding you. Because what happens when you start to have talented shooters, it opens up the floor. It gives you cushion. It gives you backup. You know, let's we always equate. We always find a way to equate it back to the Astros. It's nice to have protection behind you. You know, a player like Jeremy Pena, who was you know who was the ALCS MVP, the World Series MVP, had protection with Jordan behind him. You know, has protection with whoever's in, with uh, with Altuve in front of him. Like, there's protection and cushion going for him. Jalen Green. The reason why people can zone in and play like good defense and crowd the lane is because they don't respect Jabari. Sh- they're not respecting Jabari's shot. Mm-hmm. They don't respect Jayshon's shot. They know to leave Alp if he's out. If he's out in the lane, you know what I mean. KJ Martin, not a consistent three point shooter. There's no consistent three point shooter on the floor. There's zero. There's yeah. none. 
Yeah. And even if KPJ get back on the floor. Yeah, probably KPJ is probably the most three, consistent three-point shooter, but that's not saying much, you know, when he's the ball handler. Mm-hmm. So I think once you start also putting the players that have a threat of hitting jump shots yeah, or the threat of scoring or the threat of respect from their competition, you'll see the also the game open up a little bit more. You'll He'll notice little things that he can take advantage of, but that all comes with time and how he improves as a player and i think that's what made james harden so fucking great like in 2014 2015 the first year he could have he could have won the mvp i mean f- for god's sakes he played with josh smith and Corey brewer and jason terry yeah I remember and that. he still found ways to get shots off yeah. like that's what made james harden great i want Jalen. I, I don't need Jalen green to get to that point now i think what'll help him though what'll help give him the cushion to play at a higher level of consistency, like you said, shot selection. I would love for him to have <laughs> more talented players. That's the dream. To kind of put a little bit more talented players to get Jabari Smith to improve that jump shot a little it bit. It would have been nice to offer those four first or three first to Brooklyn for Mikhail Bridges, huh? They probably would have taken it. Those Brooklyn give him those Brooklyn picks back, they probably would have taken the deal. I'm sure in the back of their mind that's probably what Josiah wanted. I'm sure he wanted those picks back. He wanted draft day, dude. He said, I want my picks back, and I want all of them. <laughs> you remember that, right? You remember yeah, that who, who was the main character of Dracula oh, Kevin Costner God. played? I don't remember Yeah, Kevin Costner. Name. Oh, Sonny oh, Sonny Weaver. Sonny Weaver. Sonny Weaver. Ball-ass move dude, by Sonny si- Weaver. Joe Sai goes, goes on the call, man, with uh, with new GM Raphael Stone, and he goes, he goes, eat your fucking pancakes and, and give me all my picks back. He goes, that's what he wanted. Like He's like, oh, no, he said, go ahead and make that trade, you, pan- you pancake-eating motherfucker. Like... He wants those picks back, and I'm I'm sure he, to a degree, he probably baited it. I'm yeah. sure, mm-hmm. like I I'm sure he just wanted to find a way to get those picks back. And Stone probably just never put it on the table. Maybe yeah. he did. Maybe he put two first rounders on the table, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, but overall, you know, to wrap th- this Jalen Green part of the segment up, it's it's rough. It's tough. Tough sailings, man. It's it's oh god. The rough seas just get rougher around here. If you're still following, first of all, if you're still following the show, God bless you. <laughs> if you're still following the Rockets along with us, our apologies. You deserve well, you deserve double the blessings, first of yeah. all, because you're just you're going through the trenches with us. But I'm telling you, when we're competing and doing well, you guys, you know, you were with us from the beginning, and you guys are truly the real ones. So fists up for y'all. GM, y'all, y'all are the ones. The, we'll acknowledge y'all. I will acknowledge y'all. The ones. Y'all. Now I'll, I won't acknowledge y'all like Roman. There's only one tribal chief in this kingdom, and that's uh, that's Roman Reigns. But I'll, I'll acknowledge y'all. I'll give y'all the solace of Koa treatment one time. Oh God. <laughs> Let's move on, GM. I do want to talk about another part of the show here, and that is just the Rockets record. I want to tie it in with Steven Silas, too. But I, I have looked. I have done research. Rockets are on pace to win 18 games for the rest <laughs> of the year. Okay? <laughs> That would slate oh, us. The worst NBA Houston Rockets incarnation team is the 1983 Rockets. 14 and 68 was their record. Yeah. We're one win away from tying that record. Fantastic. Will we get it? I genuinely don't know, GM. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. If we win, if we stay on pace, we would be the fifth worst Houston Rockets incarnation team of all time. Uh, right in front of the, the 2021 Rockets. And right behind, guess what? The 2022 Rockets. Jeez. So this has been a rough three-year stretch for this team. Probably the roughest three years in its in our franchise's history. Mm-hmm. 
from a macro Re- re- from a macro not, standpoint. Rebuilds are not for the weak. No, they're not. From the, a macro standpoint, it's it's horrible. Like it's rough to to sustain, have so much sustained success. You know, throughout all of the eras that we've had in the last twenty plus years, thirty years, thirty plus years, you know, of our organization to get to where we are now truly is not for the weak. Which ultimately leads to my next question and topic. You know, can this team? Is there any semblance of anything for this team to pick up on mm-hmm. to get out of the trenches here with twenty four games remaining? And a threat at this point to have a worse record than last year and take a step back as opposed to moving forward, which is what you would want this team to do. Yeah. There's there is there any semblance of respectability with this team to try to get above twenty wins? I don't think this team has it in them to get more than twenty wins, to be honest with you. Getting to eighteen, what's like there's 24 games left, so they'd have to go 5 and 19 the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time thinking that's even possible, considering how terrible they're playing. Every game currently. is pulling teeth. Yeah, I mean, they're, they, 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 we're getting to a point now where they're constantly being like, like bludgeoned uh, in the game, where it's like they're just immediately down by like 20, 30 points. And it's a hard watch. Uh, kudos to the fans that keep watching. You know, like that, it's a difficult watch. Like Kenny and I have watched as well, and it's extremely, extremely oh, difficult. Yeah, bell to everybody's bell, reaching a, everyone's reaching a breaking point, man, and everybody's getting it. But you just have to have to remember that rebuilds are they, they take time, man. They take time. Um, granted, unfortunately, all we wanted to see was growth, and it it just it actually seems like we're regressing. So. That is the issue there. So that's a fair uh, that is a fair point in terms of fans that are angry. But you know, not just because you're moving two steps forward does not mean you're going to go one step back. That happens. That doesn't just happen in sports. It happens in life. So in regards to all of that, like that just it's just a name of the game, man. And the way that it looks like next year, the Rockets are truly set on attempting to win next year. So. We'll see what happens. That's all up to Rafael Stone, uh, Tillman Fertitta, and the rest of the Rockets brass. And up to you guys, whether or not you guys have faith in them or not. Uh, it's just a wait-and-see approach now. Um, everybody just needs to remember to tamper their expectations and remember the last two and a half to three years now. And hopefully in 2023, 2024, we will start to see... Uh, sunnier days i'm already yeah. like and it's crazy how mentally we are already kind of ready to kind of oh we're exhausted prepare for the off season already from this point and, and because like i said earlier every game is like pulling teeth it's it's a difficult watch and the gm said it best if you're watching it like kudos to you because it's such a it's a difficult watch mm-hmm. and as media members as fans as a voice for Rockets fans, for people who listen to our show, like we do this because, you know, we still enjoy it to a degree. We still love the Rockets. Um, we're like technical media now, so I know that like we also have to cover them as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it's the process, man. It's the fucking process. The process is a killer, man. And and that's the thing. It's, it's, it can it's be not such for the week. It's not it's for the draining. week. 
it's not for the week. Mm-hmm. And you can only pray that they take they take to account, you know, this this all this negative vibes, all this rebuilding, all these losses, and you hope that they can build it into something incredible, a la like the Astros, a la like the Phoenix Suns, you know, a la like the Bucks even, who were struggling, struggling for a while, you know, post Michael Red era. You know, these are these were teams that struggled. You know, Sacramento is finally, finally getting out of it. Like they're finally shaken out of it. So the Rockets can get there, but it really is a process of taking time. But from a, a micro standpoint of right now, yeah, it's it's difficult, y'all. It's a difficult watch. You know, they're not doesn't seem like the guys are playing for each other. It seems like Silas tries to run plays and then the play gets blown up because everyone's either half-assing or someone's not moving. Newsflash, guys, when you're playing five five guys to a team, if one person isn't trying or giving their all or not matching the energy of the other four, uh, it, it blows the plays up. It really does. And then they probably just don't have a plan B and C, and then they just go to an ISO or a quick pick and roll with LP. Like that, or a post with LP and create it from the outside, which they didn't even do tonight. Jay Sean was the point guard, and all they, they did, and Jay, it was the Jay Sean show for the first quarter. So like they didn't even. Yeah, I mean, Alpi didn't look so great. He didn't even look good. He didn't look good either. Like Alpi didn't look great either. So like I, I just don't know what's in store for the rest of the season, which is going to lead into you know what what I wanted to say as well from my question to the GM. I want them to value their development of the players. You know, now we're sounding like last year. Yeah. But for Fook's sake, man, finish the job and get a top three pick. Like that's bottom line here. You're not. No, doing... it has to be top two, or else this is all for naught. I mean, people do you really, see like you really uh, believe it in your head. It? Um, Scoot, it's it's Wemby Scooter Bus. Like a man Thompson, or is it a Sar Thompson? I don't remember which. Well, one. Amen, it's Amen Thompson who's yeah. struggling, who like doesn't have like a good jump shot. Like mm-hmm. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. It is looking like a two horse race in terms of like generational changing talent, like true generational changing talent with Scoot and Wemby. So it does pretty much seem like a two-horse race, but it's all not for not. Like these guys are strong too, from like three through six or three through seven as well. But it is all about that. Like that is the pot of gold at the end of this shit storm. So you know we're trying to get there. We're trying to get there, which ultimately leads to my final point with Stephen Silas. I told y'all, I told GM, and I told y'all on the show live that if Stephen Silas makes it to February first. And the calendar turned to the next month, he's not getting fired. It's February 15. We're 13 and 45, 58 games into the year. We're going to need him to step down, to be honest. I I think he's just done. Like, I think he's just done. And it's he's not a fried. You can see it. He's yeah, no longer smiley. No. All, all, each game is just, he's just getting, he's just pissed. He's upset. He's visibly upset. So, like, at this point, like, Maybe he wants to, you know, quote-unquote, finish the job that's become the mantra of the season, obviously. But for your sake, for your sanity, it doesn't even seem like he enjoys it anymore. Like, he genuinely does not enjoy being here. So for your, like, dude, for your health, because your your dad passed, like, Paul Silas passed away. Maybe he just needs a mental break. So at this juncture, if you just can't, like, if you're not operating in the ability that you feel like you're operating, you may just have to step down. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not wrong about that. That's kind of how I view it in terms of his mental and emotional health, as I completely agree with you. Um, he just doesn't seem like he is 
emotionally connected anymore. You can see that he is starting to disconnect and he's no longer smiling. The guy looks like he's grayed. He looks like Barack Obama during the second term of his presidency, where it's like you can just completely see the age. And poor Silas, man. I mean, it's not completely his fault. Everyone always states, you know, he came in expecting to coach James Harden, Russell Westbrook. That that is not what happened. Um, he took on the team that was given to him, and he did his best that he could. Whether or not it was good enough for the team remains to be seen, but as an individual coach um there's not much to say in terms of being impressed with him um i don't want him to have the distinction of being possibly one of the worst coaches of all time maybe have the worst record and the worst just winning statist- percentage just statistically. ever statistically yes um and that that that's horrible and it sucks and you don't want that for anybody but especially our guy exactly but at the end of the day it is what it is and this is the freaking shit stew that Silas has to stir and work with. And unfortunately there's not really much to work with. And, you know, he's doing his, like I said, he's doing the best he can probably. And it's just not working anymore. Um, you know, like I said, good riddance, man. Uh, this is all unfortunate, but in my opinion, it's probably just best to separate and part ways. Just create something different. Like at this juncture, like John, like John Lucas would be great. But I'm pretty much, I kind of want to overhaul the whole squad. Like I want to overall, I want to overhaul the entire coaching staff. Like I just want new, fresh blood. Bring me Sam Cassell. You know, bring me a disciplinarian that will hold these players accountable, so they can understand that you can't get away with this shit. It's not yeah, I'm allowed. Good. I'm I'm totally good. This is the so highest level of basketball in the entire freaking world you need you need to take this seriously and i understand that there's these 18 year old 19 year old 20 year olds uh jalen green just turned 21 that are millionaires like they do think about it like this they jump from like high school freshman in college mm-hmm. to becoming millionaires overnight you just earned eight million like, I get that. Like, you know, you think you're the shit. You think your shit don't stink, but facts, your shit stinks. Mm-hmm. Just as everybody else's. Yep. You bleed just like everybody else bleeds. And you, you're you gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna fail just as much as every other human in life fails. Yep. They need to see it distinct from that and build a culture from that. Steven Silas is not it. And people, there's a lot of Silas truthers out there. I respect the Silas truthers. We're friends with Silas truthers out there. I respect these people, but at, let's facts are going to recognize facts. I'm not blaming Silas completely on all of this. Yeah, but spade is a spade, and let him walk away. Call a spade a spade, fire him, have him resign. He needs to go. It's just not a healthy relationship going either direction. It's not a healthy relationship for us because our guys aren't growing. There's not a culture being built. It's not healthy for him because it's not really fully his fault either. And he's struggling. Probably, you know, there's so much happening. So I'm at a point now where I just, we need to cut the cord, move on, do what we need to do. I wish they could do it. I wish they could do it now. Um, I don't want to see 24 more games of this. <sighs> Unfortunately, we're going to be covering and watching all 20, the rest of the 24 games mm-hmm. um, because we just love this team at the end of the day and we're going to continue to support them at the end of the day. But we're just going to cap this episode by just saying that you know, this team 
is going to struggle and continue to struggle. But guys, be ready because shit can tr- tr- shit can turn on a dime. GM, let's let's account to the let the people know the news of what what happened. Think about it like this, guys. Your team going into the 2012-2013 season was Jeremy Lin, Omer Ashik, Patrick Patterson, Chandler Parsons. It's a decent team. Like, it's an okay team. You know, Greg Smith. Like, that was your guy. You got Marcus Morris. You had Carlos Delfino. Pretty pretty okay, right? That's a pretty okay team. But that was going to be your team moving forward. Oh, Kevin Martin. That was going to be your team moving forward for the next three years at least. You had the Poison Pill contracts with Omer Ashik and Jeremy Lin. And then on a dime, guys, look. Snap of a finger. October 26th. Or October 27th. I don't remember. It was in the late October. Mm-hmm. James Harden happens. Yep. The trade happens. And things change on a dime. Yep. And that's the NBA. That's yeah, the we thing. Yeah, um, we went from a lottery team to a playoff team. And, and we should have been higher than the eighth seed. You beat the Lakers, and you could have been a, a sixth seed, a fifth or sixth seed. That's the that's how crazy the 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 that's, the, that's how deep uh, that's how and deep how close the West. Yeah, was. like we were an eighth seed, but that's not not as good as it was on paper. We should have actually could have been higher. But yeah. what I'm tr- the whole point of what I'm trying to say is GM is that it's the NBA and shit can turn on a dime. And I know the smoke of James Harden is starting to get the smoke is getting clearer and clearer now. I'm not we're not mm-hmm. confirming nor denying anything, but it looks. Like their their reunion is definitely more than possible at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Can I? You know what? Like, I took Chicken a, turn on I, a dime. I, I took a look at the script for uh, next <laughs> oh, season, no, man. Don't say that. And let me pull it out. Oh god! <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm rustling the paper here. Oh my! And I'm goodness. reading it in front of the commission. You could have held it, and piece I'm of reading paper. it to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This script states <laughs> that James Harden will be a Houston Rocket next year. The script states that Scoot Henderson <laughs> oh, will be a no, Houston Rocket next year. Will that. there be enough ball? I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that bring me chaos, baby. The script wants it. The script wants it and says it. I'm speaking it into existence. Giving, me a pro- giving us a promo, guys. Yes. This is great. You know, I could have said Victor, but no. The script doesn't say Victor. I'm gonna apologize to everybody, especially the guys that want Wemby. But the script, I looked at the exclusive script. I went to, I went in my DeLorean personally, went back to the future, and came back to today, and you know, just to tell y'all, and it'll be okay. James Harden will be a rocket. Not a fan <laughs> of that, but the guy will be a rocket. Scoot Henderson will be a rocket. Uh, and we'll find a way to get Mikhail Bridges here. Just kidding. There's, there's you, not you, enough. That, you couldn't. I just, you know, the only thing I will say is that you, you, you went into the future, but you couldn't go further into the future to predict a record. <laughs> I'm not going to predict a record. Okay. That's too deep. That's too deep. Okay. I don't want to mess with the time force. Calm down, Flash. Oh goodness gracious, man! You mean the, the don't want to mess with the flux capacitor now? <laughs> We're all closet nerds. <laughs> touche. Touche. Okay. First of all. If that is the script, God bless you, because that is an insane and incredible script, and I'm I would love that. I would be yes, here for it. I read the honesty. script. I, would I read love the script, it. and um, I'm just you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Scoot, you heard it, dude. Here, let's fucking first. go, dude. I'm down for that. And I, I mean, actually want. I'm ready to take y'all to the summit. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's go, my dog. Let's go, my dog. What, what about Malcolm? My dog. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I was just saying. Oh my god, shit just went off the rails here. Good god, but yeah, I I think what this team needs is the off season, 
and the GM basically stated it in a, in a very promo-like fashion, a very well-done promo, might I add. Um, the offseason is what everyone needs to look forward to. It's going to be so much different than last year's offseason. This offseason is going to be insane. Endless cap space, the possible James Harden reunion, a possibility of Scooter Wemby, a possibility of... Mikael Bridges, a lot of people are saying that your 45-point performance is great. Cam it's good. Johnson's probably a lot more realistic. There is trades to be made within the Rockets organization. Yeah, guys, things can turn on a dime. My whole original point, things can turn on a dime so fucking quick, and all it takes is a a, a viable coach, a viable coach with can still a proper culture, a James Harden return possibly... A possibility at two generational talents, maybe even the possibility of acquiring a Cam Johnson or, dare I say, giving all the picks back and getting a Mikael Bridges. Mm -hmm. These possibilities are on the table, guys. So stay with the team, stick with the process, live with the process, put your complaints out there. It's fine. It's okay to complain. This is perfectly fine. I'm okay with Rockets fans being fickle. No issues here at the summit. But at the end of the day, understand, it's still a freaking process and that's how we're going to end the show tonight gm once again you know just uh, pounding out another episode episode 152 for the people 152 of these you know we continue to build upon uh the season the rockets the culture the culture of the rockets the culture of the summit the culture of apollo as well Mm -hmm. um any last words here uh, as the producers give us the go home cue right now um be patient the script Said it all, we'll be fine. Don't have a record for you, but everything will be good. He has the script. Though. Just he understand has the damn script that we got to walk through fire before we get to clear skies, baby. You know we gotta we gotta walk through the sh- the shadow of the valley of death. Is that the walk line? Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got it wrong, but everybody knows what I mean. All right, I got you. No, you're I, good. I, 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 I gave it to y'all straight, no chaser. You're yes, welcome. that's all I If ask. y'all are drunk, that's not on me. That's y'all. Um, but anyways, let's shut let's shut this down. We're going on vacation tomorrow. You know, we 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 want you guys. We want to leave you guys with a good uh, podcast before we're gone. Okay, qu- okay. Let's say this, Kenny. Does KJ Martin win the dunk contest? Does Jabari Smith win the skills challenge? And does Al P or Jabari end up on a team that wins Rising Stars? Boom, go. KJ becomes the first Houston Rocket to ever win a slam dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Jabari Smith decides to prove everybody wrong and showcase the skills that everyone claims he does not have. Mm-hmm. He will win it. And Alperin Shengun's going to put on a showcase, and he's going to be on the winning team. I love that. I love to hear that. I think LP does showcase, but I think Jabari hits a bunch of threes, and they win. His team wins Rising Stars, whether it's with LP or not. Um I think that Jabari Smith will impress us all by getting last place in the skills challenge. Fuck you, dude. Uh, Seriously? Our, our boy does not have very good handles. He'll turn I'm really curious now? to see how he responds. You could have done this 10 minutes into the show. Oh, my God. I'm so tired I, of you. There's a difference between skills show. challenge so and playing in the game and KJ Martin wins. KJ Martin will win First the Slam Contest. Rocket. But if he doesn't, I'm going Mac McClung. Boom. Went there. Okay. If Chase Buttinger can't do it, for the love of God, KJ Martin, please. I well, need I mean, a rocket. You know, I need a win. I just need a dub. The Rockets could definitely use that win. Can we just get a dub. Absolutely, the Rockets Can could. We just get uh, a dub for the weekend. You know, let's let's hope, let's hope, hope, hope that KJ Martin can win the slam dunk contest. Uh, he'll do it for the city. He'll do it for his family, 
and you know it it would be an amazing thing to see. All right, he needs to dunk over Yao. Man, everyone, I've been pitching that. everyone, I've, give us your thoughts. I've been and, pitching. And, and, sorry, go oh, on. Oh, you want him to dunk? I on want him Yao. to dunk over Yao. Yao probably won't travel to Salt Lake City. Uh, to be honest, get a cardboard cut out of Yao. Not good enough, man. You got to get the star power. God damn it. Uh, maybe we can get Bull Bowl or Minute Bowl out there. No, Minute Bowl isn't like, bless his soul. Sorry, I mean, uh, Bull Bowl. Um, but yeah, anyways, you know, <laughs> like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, if anyone has any uh, predictions, uh, comment, tweet us, put us uh, on the Instagram. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, just, I'm curious. You know, yeah. Uh, we, I want to know what the people think. I want to know what people think. Okay. Um, but anyways, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow the podcast on Twitter and TikTok at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow the Instagram at Summit, State of Mind, underscore P-O-D. Follow the fam, the brothers, our peeps, at Apollo NBA and at Apollo H-O-U. You can also give me a follow as well on Twitter at Summit Commish. Shouts to the Apollo Podcast Network. Dudes being dudes just killing the game right now. Give a follow to Off the Gridiron Apollo Texans. They continue to create awesome Texans content for y'all. The Follow the crown jewel of Houston Astros podcast, BTD, Beyond the Diamond. And of course, last but not least... Please give a listen to the One Take Podcast, continuing to kill it for all everything that you need for pop culture, uh, TV shows, uh, movies. They just handle all of that. Crazy reviews. They just they continue to do great stuff. And they're going to be a lot of movies and Quantumania is coming out. Uh, there's the Creed 3. There's a lot of g- good content that's going to be coming out for them. So please give them a listen as well. And of course, big shots and thank yous to all of our Houston Rockets fans that are giving us your first listen in terms of Houston Rockets content. We're so proud of being one of the top Houston Rockets podcasts for each and every one of y'all. So appreciative, so humbled that y'all continue to listen and support us. We're going to go ahead and end this episode here as our producer is once again giving us a sign-off cue as we end every episode. Go Summit, go Apollo, and for the love of all that is good and mighty, go Rockets! The Summit. Four, 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 five.